culture over time is the most important force in shaping our identity. If we prize certain things, it internally becomes part of all of us. So there's this undeniable correlation between an individual's character and the effect of all society, for better or worse. Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with a guy who's been missing for almost a year. He's my friend and fellow Irishman, Father Len McMillan. So welcome back, Father Len. Well, thanks, Irish. We've all missed you. Not just me, all of our listeners. They've been whining and complaining about, you know, when are we going to get Father Len back? Well, hopefully I'll be back uh, once a month. Well, that I guess that's the plan now, right? If my schedule allows, yeah. Is there anything you want to tell us about what you've been up to this last year? No, just the normal normal grind of, of work. All right. Well, Father Len, I'm really excited about what you've chosen for us to grapple with today. It seems we're living in a pivotal time. Things aren't going so well in our country, our communities, and in many of our families and individual lives. Right now, just 20% of Americans are happy with the way things are going in our country. There's so much division and anger, even within families and among friends. So you've decided we should wrestle with how we got here. And if we're not happy about the way things are going, what has to change? I know you've been thinking a lot about this for quite a while, and you've formulated a plan for the change you hope to affect there in northern Idaho. So let's dive in. Tell us about what you've been thinking and the plan you've developed. So what I'm doing in our Catholic school and the parishes is this theme that's called the Year of Grit. And we have t-shirts that say the year of grit. And so for our kids and the Catholic school, and we are promoting grit. There's a great book on grit by Angela Duckworth, just, ah, just mind blowing. It is such an, a, a great value. Angela Duckworth was this junior high math teacher. And some kids are just naturally gifted at math. And she just kind of thought, oh, at the end of the year, these kids are going to be super achievers but they weren't the ones who achieved the most and were best at math were the ones who plot along, did their homework, asked questions. They were the best, uh, not the ones who are gifted. So later she gets her PhD in psychology and West point hires her because at West point, you know, they take the best of the best. You have to have great grades, great at sports, you know, everything that proclaims you're a winner, except a huge portion drops out after the first two months. They've Hmm. already had psychological tests. So they hire her like, why, what is it that so many of these kids are dropping out? And she remembers back when she was a teacher. So she does these personality profiles and comes up with a mathematical algorithm based on not your personality, but virtues that you have. Mm -hmm. And grit doubles your score. 
So all those kids that would survive West Point, they score high on grit. Then she takes an algorithm and she applies it to spelling bee contestants and could accurately predict who's going to make it as a finalist. Hmm. She could accurately predict Green Berets, Salesman, all this other stuff. That grit doubles your score of success. So like, I want our kids to become successful. And so we're doing this year of grit. My real goal is not grit or any other virtue. My real goal is Christ and holiness. But I don't think you can get to Christ without grit. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, fortitude, is grit. So we'd say really it comes from the Holy Spirit. And if you're going to become a spiritual person, you need grit. It takes grit to forgive when you've been wounded. It takes grit to become prudent and know how to hold your tongue. It takes grit to become patient. To be a really spiritual person, you need grit. But the problem is, if I aim at the kids, it's a losing proposition. Yes, I want them to be gritty, but that's not how human beings work. Emotions are like viruses, and they move through the community. And what I mean by that is this really interesting study. There's this infectious disease doctor who was looking at a map of all these shootings and acts of violence in the United States. And he realizes it moves exactly like a virus for the, through the community. Except, oddly enough, our emotions move through the community faster than a virus. Our emotions and values are very infectious. We're a communal species. And so hatred moves through a community and infects us just like a, a virus. So, so does happiness. So if you get a bolt of happiness, then oddly, my happiness ticks up a little. And then my best friend, who you've never met, gets a tick of happiness. If you become more angry and hateful, my teeth are slightly put on edge. And so is my best friend who you've never met. And so the point being is that values run through a community. Culture over time is the most important force in shaping our identity. If we prize certain things, it internally becomes part of our children. So if your culture teaches that life should be easy, that God owes you to give you a blessed, easy life, that's what they internalize. If our culture teaches, no, life is a cross and it's a blessing. It gives you, you know, suffering sometimes, small amounts of suffering, gives you great gifts. It, they internalize it. You know, what impedes us empowers us. People that were raised with grit see failure as an opportunity to try again, to do better and better and better. People who are raised without grit see failure as a sign that it's time to give up. Now, the hero in every hero story, how does he become a hero? Failure. You know, he had struggle. Look at Hercules, Odysseus, Star Wars. The human story is not that enduring things is difficulty for a certain amount of time. It's that difficulty changes us into a hero. It's the big bad wolf in the story that makes us a hero. Now, the wolf can either be cancer or death or COVID. It doesn't matter what it is. 
you're going to have to face the big bad wolf. So don't banish the wolf. So you can't logically talk somebody into grit. That kind of stubbornness, it has to be part of the culture. So how do you build a culture of grit? Because let's remember, I can chew you out about becoming more gritty, but you know what really makes you more gritty? If all of us, if a whole community thinks grit is important, oddly enough, it just seeps into their pores. So if we're going to do grit, I can't aim at the kids. I have to aim at the entire Catholic community in northern Idaho. Now, oddly enough, like I just think in the United States, there's so much anger. Like how... How are we going to address this anger? And most people think, well, you you have to start by, you know, changing policies or preaching at people. But that doesn't really change anything. And if you want to create grit, like they found this grittier individuals respond differently to antisocial behavior. So grit might ripple through the American social architecture the same way a virus does. So if I want really us to be more united and our kids to become grittier. I'm not aiming at the kids. I'm aiming at absolute everyone, grandparents, parents, grandparents, even people that have nothing to do with our kids. It's the entire community. And just to back that up, there's this study on corruption in different countries. Some countries are more corrupt than others. And oddly enough, the more corrupt the individuals, then the more corrupt the government is. And so they do this test, like if I was in an accident and you were there and I had killed somebody in an accident, would you lie so that I wouldn't be convicted? Would you lie in court? And oddly enough, it changes throughout different countries. And the more individuals are willing to tell a very serious lie, the more corruption there is in government and business. So there's this undeniable correlation between an individual's character and the effect of all society, government, business, for better or worse. And the point I'm making is the same thing Tocqueville made. Do you know who Tocqueville was? I do, but I don't know that all of our listeners would know. So maybe you could just give us a little thumbnail sketch. So Tocqueville comes over from France after the American Revolution because he wants to investigate the United States. And He's incredibly amazed. And one thing he notes is that he says a country is built from the bottom up, that the individual character of Americans, and I'm going to paraphrase, they are concerned about honesty and virtue and hard work. And that changes the entire government. But in his background, the government there was up by the upper class, privilege, uh, exceptions, corruption. And he's right. A country is built from the bottom up, from the values of its people, which brings me back to the issue of character. It always amazes me. Why do we overlook now in modern times the connection between an individual's character and the state of a country? Because we're a secular society. We don't like talking about individual virtues as having an effect on the whole country. We like to blame things on policy or, you know, the policy of the government. But to me, that's kind of crazy because let's look at this this example. 
imagine kids graduate without the ability to read. Well, you know, conservatives will blame the family, that it's got to be a family value. And liberals will blame the system, that the educational system is failing the kids. But nobody blames the child. Nobody blames the kid for not being able to read. Mm -hmm. It is the family. It is the system that creates the problem. You can't just say to a kid, listen, you need to learn how to read. You can't provide a seven-year-old with a family that's actually going to value reading. Or you can't blame the kid because the educational system is defunct. You don't blame the kid. Now, if a kid doesn't have grit, you don't blame the kid because he doesn't have grit. The share is blamed because the community didn't value it and didn't instill it. And so, like, if I'm going to promote grit, it has to be through every Catholic. And so there's this woman, fairly famous, in the 1900s, Beatrice Webb. Mm -hmm. And she set up the welfare system in... Britain and England. And she did an amazing job trying to create more justice, which she deserves a medal for that. More equity, more justice. And she beautifully addressed and helped change the system to be more just. And yet, 35 years after all this work, when she finally retired in 1925, in her diary, she says, there's no amount of knowledge or education or science that will help until there's change at the person's character level. That you have to change something in the heart as well as the system. And only as an old woman does she realize, no, if you really want to change the world, we have to change our hearts. But Americans think, well, we just need to change the machinery or more technology, or some may agree that kids need to become more gritty to really thrive in life. But you don't blame the kid. It's the entire community's heart that needs to change, not just the machinery or message or marketing or just some individuals, because we are the system. And unfortunately, we blame this nameless system. We blame the international order, the political situation, existing corruption, blame the priests. But we don't blame our own selfishness own lack of interest in God or our immaturity. Another way of what you're saying, though, is that we don't look inside ourselves for the change that we want or the concern we have about the community and its values and how it's operating. We're looking outside ourselves. Right. So, you know, and we we're, don't we're need to change. Everybody we, else does. Everybody else does. Yeah. And the worst part is you may be able to convince a few individuals to look inside themselves. But my point is, we are the system. All of us have to value it. Then the system changes. We are the system. Every time those ills are discussed, we talk about those structures or those, you know, that should change. But you never hear that, not that our, our hearts have had to change, but the whole community's heart has to change. If you want to make kids more virtuous, if you want to change the country, it's starts with a change in a, a community, everybody valuing it. So in social sci scientists are focusing on broadly what they call network theory, 
which is the effort uh, to understand kind of how many degrees of separation between two strangers and how small individual choices in the aggregate has huge ramifications on the country, on the country's economy, on the country's education, small individual choices. But, you know, unfortunately in the United States, what's more popular to focus on is the individual psychological profile. Like what is your personality profile? What are you an INTJ? Uh, what is your Zodiac? What is your Enneagram? <laughs> that, yeah, like, it's all kind of, I guess, enlightening personally, but it makes no difference to anybody else's life. So personally, like I, I love studying that stuff, but I find it also kind of disgusting because it has no impact on society. Most have ignored the impact of how an individual's character, a value that's valued by the entire community, is inherited to the children. So if you really want to change Northern Idaho, if you want to change the church, let's just start one year with one value, but not aim it at the kids. Aim it at the entire unity of the community. So as much as I love grit, it's not really about grit it's about certain values yeah you're talking about community has yeah you're talking about shared values right it's shared that no no we are going to muscle this up yep so there's this you know i love patrick lencioni he's this a business consultant so saint patrick lencioni love his stuff (laughs) Uh, yes you always have liked his stuff father i think he's amazing but you know it's just business management which sounds boring but he makes this point that you know policy is important but more important than a company's policy is a company's value that united together they're more than just a bunch of individuals and so he fights this misbelief that Just hiring the brightest and the most talented, the highest IQ is not going to create a winning team. What the thing that supercharges a team is unity. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to have the upper staff believe in something. It's got to be an entire whole company that values certain virtues and the power of communal unity. It makes a company successful. So the power of communal unity about grit, then we can truly pass it on to our kids. Because as I said, values run through a community faster than, uh, well, emotions do, faster than a virus. And you just having your tiny value in a sea where it's not, you can't move in it, doesn't make any difference. So years and years ago, when I was at St. Mark's, we won this award from the Lilly Foundation, the drug company, mm-hmm. um, Better Living Through Drugs. <laughs> the founder really cared for like spirituality and uh, religious issues. So they put on this study, what makes for a great church, be it Catholic or Protestant or whatever. And luckily, you know, St. Mark's when I was there, we did really well that we were listed as the final 10. So really great. So this, I forget what New York times or New York, something reporter comes out from New York city to interview me. So we went to the Piper and had dinner and he interviewed me. And then anyhow, 
I asked if he was religious and he said, well, I'm Jewish, but I'm going to become observant because I'm going to get married. And I said, well, why aren't you observant now? And he said, well, do you know what it's like to be married in New York City? So I joked, well, neither of those would I know as a priest in Idaho. I would know nothing what you're talking about. And he said, well, marriage is hard in New York City because nobody values marriage. People may get married, but it's not really highly valued. And my wife, they're both Jewish. My wife and and him, his fiance, he said, you know, we realized their values will affect our marriage. They don't take it very serious. And the one place that does take marriage incredibly serious is the synagogue. And so we've already decided we're going to be practicing our faith again. We want to be surrounded by other people that believe marriage is difficult, but it's worth it. It's a communal value. Well, I want the church to think for our kids. Grit is important in nearly every relationship, work, school, marriage, I want our kids to inherit a whole community that says it's important, not just Father Len, their parents, grandparents, a whole community, people they don't even know. So we're not a bunch of individuals. Like That's the problem I have. Are we a population or a people? Are we just a bunch of individuals with we believe in Jesus and love, or are we a church? that no, these are our values. And you grow up in this community, the values are just part of who you are. And you can tell in different communities what their values are. So I'll give you an example, what I mean by that. So last week, some friends came up. And so I did want to show them Coeur d'Alene because I love Idaho. They weren't from Idaho. I love Coeur d'Alene. So we went out to dinner one night, very expensive restaurant, uh, Tony's on the Lake. And I did you did money. you pick up the tab, Father Len? Oh hell no! no. Okay, <laughs> I'm not that wealthy, but it's worth you know. I'll, I'll put out some money on myself just because I want to show them. Yep, I don't. And it's this nice restaurant overlooks the lake, and we're having a great dinner, and the restaurant is full. But then all of a sudden, three couples came in. And immediately the sound level went up. They were boisterous, pushy. And that is even before they were seated at their table. And they're my age or older. And then the odd part is we couldn't carry on a conversation because they were so obstreperous and so loud Hmm. that not just me, but other people. And clearly they had money, but they were just sucking all the oxygen out of that air had to be the center of attention and so i said to my friends i said listen those people are not from idaho idaho people don't behave like that and i know i'm you're gonna be shocked but and i don't mean this as an insult but yeah they were from california and they had money and they had to rule the restaurant and i said you know when i was growing up in idaho you could be a millionaire and you'd be driving a truck yeah. You never showed off your wealth. You never had to dominate other people. I don't, people don't behave like that in a restaurant. And I said, if you grew up in Idaho, you did not behave like that. I know it's insulting for some, but you take on the values of a community and you behave a certain way. 
So it's the community's virtues that changes everything. And so like, I just don't want to preach the message of grit. Well, I, I do want to preach the message of grit this year, but I want to be at something that is an entire community's value that you just raise it, it becomes who you are. So I want it to be everybody. So if I'm going to be successful on the year of grit, where our kids get a little bit more gritty, because think about this, even in the Bible, you know, God builds the nation of Israel out of ex-slaves because they were gritty. But then after a couple of generations, they become, he calls them fat calves that have everybody else has to take care of. So a community can lose its grit. And they did these studies. The older generation, like my grandparents' generation, greatest generation, they were incredibly gritty. But supposedly, generation after generation is losing their grit. So like in the United States, we have the highest rate of, you know, people qualifying for college, or not the highest, but one of the highest. We also have the highest dropout rate. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think everybody needs to go to college, but why such a high dropout rate? Because our country, our community, the church, grit is fading away. So I want grit to be something that both they inherit and becomes just part of who you are as a Catholic. It's from grandparents to everybody. It ripples throughout the community. But it's a power of community united behind a virtue. I, I think what I hear you saying is that, you know, you have chosen grit because it's undeniable the effect it has, the positive effect it has on everyone who practices grit. And if it ripples through the community, it's going to have the effect of uniting the community around something that matters to everyone. And they can see that it helps the community and the individual. And right. what you, what I hear you saying is that year by year, you're wanting to build the community one value at a time, great values, values that benefit the individual and the community and unite the community, bring the community together. That's really right. what I hear you saying. Not just talk about, yeah. And here's the thing, like grit, I guess I'm trying to think how to say this, is you can actually do homework to increase your grit score. Grit is like a muscle. Uh, you're not born with it. You train yourself into it. Angela Duckworth has this algorithm that you'll be successful if you're gritty. But now there's also things that you can do for your children to make them more gritty, right? So we want to increase a grit score. But to really increase a grit score, it's got to be an entire community that sees it as a value. And so what I'm not, I'm not just preaching grit. I'm preaching, listen, these are Catholic values. Now, grit in the Bible is called perseverance, fortitude. Great. That's what it really is. I just don't like that language because it's not accessible to kids. But if you're Catholic, I want every Catholic to see that as a value. Whining, complaining doesn't do any good. Yep. And I really don't want the community saying, well, you know what you people need to do. You know what policies need to change. We don't need to change policy. 
we need to change the entire community. Individuals change the community values. The other thing I'm thinking about is you're talking about grit and perseverance and fortitude and and that kind of thing. I think one of the greatest examples of a lack of grit these days is all these college campuses where the kids can't handle disagreements. They have to run off to their little silo, you know, and if you have some speaker come to campus and disagree with with your uh, ideas or values or whatever, you, you don't want to hear from them. You don't want to talk to them. You don't have the grit to talk about and debate and look at where the differences are and e- even have that kind of a thing. It, it If you don't have grit, it sends us off into these silos all by ourselves because we can't handle those kind of conversations. Also, if you don't have a community that values grit, who are you going to run off to? There's no yep. silo. Yep. Like there's, well, excuse me. We don't want and complain in this university. We don't want and complain in this college. Your friends don't allow you to think that you're a victim that, you know, like it's not just that we're losing grit. We're losing a sense of community responsibility. No, that's a good point. Where do you go? You go run into your closet or your bedroom or something, you know, and hide. That's really what happens. So every uh-huh. month there's homework for our families. And one of them is every family has to come up with a grit motto. Okay. Right. Easy choices, hard life. Make hard choices, easy life. Okay. Hard choice. But then some people are doing funny ones. Like one family, their their motto is toughen up buttercup. So <laughs> let's say you're getting picked on. And you know the family motto that they're going to write down is toughen up buttercup. Where are you going to, you know, if you're triggered because of something that happened in the family and you run home, uh, what if a grandparent or parent just jokes, toughen up buttercup? Uh-huh. Or this one family, they have three daughters. The mother came up with their motto and the motto is, your daddy lied. You're not a princess. So, <laughs> You don't like doing the dishes? Your daddy lied. You're not a princess. (laughs) I love it. Well, maybe we need to come up with some grit mottos here or mantras uh, here on the Wrestling with God show. (laughs) Well, you could come up with your own, you know, the McMahons can come up with their own motto, like, um, I I think I'm going to work on that fatherland. Well, thank you. You've made a really good case for the effect our culture and its values has on all of us. And that we are the culture. We are the system. The virtues and character we value permit, model, and promote spread like a virus and become the culture. And if we're not happy with the culture of the communities to which we belong, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Yeah, don't blame the kid. Yep. the community. I love it. All right. God bless you. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Wrestling with God show. We hope it gets you thinking about the virtues and character you value, permit, model, and promote, and how they match up with the values of the communities to which you belong. And importantly, what you're going to do if they don't. 
We all have a big stake in our community's culture and the effect it has on us and those around us. We welcome your comments and questions, and if you've come up with a grit motto for your community, your family, or whatever, share it with us. We'd love to hear it. It's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. My address is irish at wwgproductions.org. That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or you can text or leave me a voicemail at 208 391 And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast and share it with your friends. It really does help people discover us and understand what we do and why it matters. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. Wrestling with God Productions exists because of generous donors who support our mission. It takes a lot of time and some money to design, record, edit, and distribute and promote the podcasts we create. So if you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash WWG Productions. That's give send go dot com slash wwg productions you'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app so we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life searching for truth meaning and purpose in our lives and helping to build communities with christ-like virtues and great character thanks for listening see you next time Mm -hmm.